0: This is Nonprofiting. I'm your host, Brooke Hawkins, as well as the Communication Program Manager at Serve Denton. And today, we're going to talk about mobile bidding. So, why am I doing this podcast? Well, simply put, to help nonprofits. Serve Denton supports other nonprofits that help people become self-sufficient. So, we're bringing in guest speakers who are experts in their fields, So you can better communicate, better fundraise, cut costs, you name it, we want to see you succeed. So today, we're talking about mobile bidding. In April, we had our fourth annual celebration, which is the name of our gala, and we decided to use mobile bidding. So, how did it go? Well, we'll find out from the served-in office manager, Carly Cuban. She's going to give us the inside scoop on the pros and cons, and if mobile bidding is really worth the money.
1: My name is Carly Cuban, I'm the
0: office manager
1: for ServDenton. So mobile bidding is something new to the world of galas and events, and it is where you use your cell phone to bid on items at an auction rather than using traditional bid sheets. And with so many people having smartphones, that's kind of the way of the future for bidding with silent auctions. It helps with boosting sales rather than people having to go through the line and put their sticker on the bid sheet a bunch of times, they can just click on their phone. They can use it online, and they can also use it through text-to-bid.
0: Cool. Okay, so do people check in this way, too? Yes,
1: they check in and check out. is all done through your mobile device.
0: Perfect. Okay, so after using mobile bidding for Sir Benton's um, annual gala celebration, are you happy that you used it, or do you wish that maybe you'd used uh, the old way or maybe in a different program?
1: I was definitely pleased with the results from it. Um, I was very nervous going into it. There's a lot of factors that could create a disaster for your event. And so it's totally new and you don't know how your guests are going to receive it. But I was very happy with the results. Uh, It raised a lot more money. And it was an overall better experience, I would say, for the guests. So I was happy with it.
0: So did you all have to worry about Wi-Fi at all?
1: Well... I thought we were going to, but um, because so many people have unlimited plans these days, really people don't even use Wi-Fi. They just use their data. Um, you can use Wi-Fi if somebody wants to, but um, most people just use their data, so it wasn't a problem.
0: Cool, so you didn't have to have that extra cost or anything. Mm-mm. Okay, so now for ticket sales, did people seem to understand that it was all online now?
1: We got more checks still this year than I had anticipated. I really thought more people would go to the online ticket purchasing, but even when people pay with checks, it's still a very easy process. You just input their information for them and show that they're paid, and so it's still pretty simple, but quite a few people did buy online, and some people who may not have bought in previous years, it was just easy for them to buy, Um, so... It's a very easy process to purchase tickets, but not everybody
0: took us up on it. So then whenever you had sponsors, how would that work?
1: Pretty much every sponsor paid by check still this year, which is still good because then you're not paying the credit card processing fees. So there's pros and cons to both ways. Um, But most of our sponsors still paid by check, and so we just input their information for them.
0: So then for the silent auction specifically, how did that work with it being online on your end of things Mm -hmm. before the event even happened?
1: So you upload all of your items before the event. So you put a picture, the description, the cost, um, the increments you want it to go up in bidding, and you upload that pretty much as soon as you possibly can, Um, but obviously you're not going to have all of your items, you know, months and months before the event. So we would upload all of those things, and then we opened bidding one week before the event, and so people could start bidding on the items and getting excited about them, and we closed it the night of the event.
0: Perfect. So then did y'all close it in like the middle of the event or is it the very end or how does that work?
1: You can close it whenever you want. We chose to close it right before our speaker came on um, just so that it wouldn't be a distraction and by that time people had had enough time to bid Um, and so we had a countdown clock before the speaker came on and then we closed it right at the end of that countdown clock.
0: Okay, so how much did the service cost and maybe compare that to other options that you Mm. researched?
1: Yeah, um, the overall cost was about $4,700, which sounds like a lot, but um, we did do a lot of research with different companies and there's quite a wide range of costs. There's also different ways that you can pay for it. So some people... It's uh, based on a percentage, so 10% of whatever you sell at your auction goes to pay for it. Or you can have what we chose, which was a flat rate fee. Um, for a smaller event, it might be better to go with the percentage. Uh, for a larger event, we chose the flat rate because we didn't want to pay more the more that we made, and we are anticipating it being a pretty um, good silent auction this year. And so um, GiveSmart, who we chose, was pretty much right in the middle. They weren't the cheapest um, because we really were wanting quality and we didn't want something that was going to crash the night of or something that was run out of somebody's garage. Um, But there was also other companies that were a lot higher, and so they were kind of our happy medium for that.
0: Awesome. So then did you have a staff member there that you just learned the whole program from?
1: Yeah, so um, that's part of the cost as well. You can do a do-it-yourself version with different programs. um, But we chose to pay for the staff to come and help us with the event. Uh, Because it was our first time, we were a little too nervous to try to do it on our own. And honestly, it was worth it having the staff there. It's just an added comfort. And they just help you with the whole process, check-in, bidding, check-out, everything. And so it just runs really smoothly. um, But it is an extra expense.
0: Okay, and then also let's talk about the leaderboard. Okay. So how does that work?
1: So the leaderboard is basically the the flip side of your website. You have a website where people can do the um, ticket purchasing, look at the items, and then there's a the leaderboard that will reflect uh, what's been purchased or what's been bid on and then... It'll show who's bidding on what, how much money has been raised. It'll show your sponsors. Um, that's another big benefit to mobile bidding is that your sponsors are being honored in new ways. So their names are on your leaderboard, which is going to be reflected on the screens at your event. Um, they're going to be on your mobile bidding website on people's phones so that they're seeing those. Um, and then they'll be in you know, the traditional programs and things. But the leaderboard's really cool because people can look up at the event and see oh, this person outbid me, or I just bid this, and now my name's on the screen. And so people thought that was fun, and it kind of helped people get excited about it.
0: Yeah, I feel like it made more of like a competition, mm-hmm. especially if you knew other people at the event of yeah. uh, like, oh, man, Danny or yeah. whatever <laughs> just outbid me on the Florida trip or whatever that might mean. So yeah. yeah, I think the leaderboard was very nice to have. Okay, so say at your event you have... People from the more mature generation <laughs> who maybe don't have an iPhone or they don't have a smartphone and they're kind of lost. Like, mm-hmm. did y'all have any problems with that? Uh, people maybe complaining about it?
1: Yeah, that was definitely a fear. Um, we didn't want anyone to feel like they couldn't participate. And so that's one of the benefit of having the GiveSmart staff there too is that they walk around the room and they check in with people and, and help them bid. Either they can text a bid if they have just a traditional cell phone or they can bid on the GiveSmart or whoever you use, their iPads. And so they'll help them through that process.
0: So now that we've heard a little bit about the pros and cons of mobile bidding, more specifically about GiveSmart, I wanted to ask Carly, okay, so what are the numbers? How much better did and do on their silent auction this year compared to last year using mobile bidding compared to the traditional route? It's
1: hard to compare because the items are so different every year. Um, so last year we had a lot of items, but we also had a Corvette, which was a huge seller. So um, this year we didn't have, you know, one of those really big items. We had quite a few good, you know, expensive experiences and whatnot, but so it is hard to compare. But even with last year having a Corvette, we still made thousands more this year. So in my mind, I think that we would not have been able to do that without mobile bidding. Um, I don't think we would have gotten those same numbers.
0: And do you know if anyone, that won a silent auction item that wasn't at the event, if mm-hmm. any of those people won.
1: Yeah, one lady did. She won an overnight stay somewhere, um, which was kind of cool to be able to include the people who wanted to be there, but they couldn't be. Um so some people would just make a donation instead of buying a ticket and then they would bid.
0: Lastly, I wanted to ask if Carly had any last words to add. Anything that we didn't discuss that she thought was very important for you guys to know if you're considering doing mobile bidding for your next gala.
1: Yeah, um, I was just going to say for any nonprofit who is considering switching, you really need to have a couple of people who are really dedicated to this. So um, myself and Brooke were really the people who were inputting all of the information and were dedicated to making sure it was running. And so that was really important. I think that if it was all the duties scattered to a bunch of different people, it might get lost. And so if you have two people that are really ready to start this process... Um, It does take a lot of preparation, uploading the items, photos, etc, but it really is worth it. And I would also suggest to choose your software wisely. It can be tempting to go with a real cheap software, but in the end, um, it may not be the best decision. Uh, Some of these softwares do crash the night of the event, which is a huge problem. It's awkward. It's not fun for the guests to have to experience. Um, so I do suggest spending a little bit extra money and it does help bring in the money. So just know that you'll be making up that difference. Um, they help with check in, check out, they make your event really easy and really it's the way that events are probably headed. So there is a time when you're going to probably have to do that. Um, it doesn't have to be this year, but I would suggest looking into it and getting
0: informed on it. So that's what we have on mobile bidding. If you guys have any more questions about mobile bidding in general or about GiveSmart, feel free to contact Carly or myself at either one of our emails. You can find that on the Serve Denton website. And for next podcast, please let us know any ideas that you have. We give a shout out to Bryce Olson because he did, he gave us some ideas. And so we're really going to take those into consideration to see what we have next up on the podcast. So again, you can email me or give us a shout out on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope this was very helpful for anyone considering to do mobile bidding for the next gala. See you next time.